everyone, and welcome to the Athletics Fantasy Football Ranking Show here on Wednesday, September 25th. We are getting ready for week four of the NFL season. I'm your host of the Ranking Show, Michael Beller. You can follow me on Twitter at mbeller. Joined, as always, by my co-hosts and really the guys who do the heavy lifting here. I'm just the traffic cop. But Jake Seeley, Brandon Funston, those are the guys who are going to give you all the rankings goodness that you need. You can get Jake at All In Kid. You can get Brandon at Brandon Funston on Twitter. Guys, how you feeling heading into Week Four? <laughs> It'd be better <laughs> if I didn't trade for Chris Godwin this morning. Oh, we're going to talk about that in a little bit. But uh, yeah, a little bit of an injury came up out of nowhere, huh? Yeah, you got any Brandon? insights? <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? We don't know how serious that is. You might be all right. Uh, it's not bad. I mean, I'm, I'm feeling, uh, I'm feeling a little better than I was last week. I got, I had a much more successful weekend. I got some wins uh, where I needed some, and uh, yeah, I feel like the world, the stars are starting to get back into alignment a little bit. So uh, we'll see if we can keep that going this week. Yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting week ahead. It's our first week of buys. Not a bad one in the fantasy world, 49ers and Jets, so we're not losing anyone too impactful. Uh, Le'Veon Bell, uh, maybe uh, the, the big name there, but uh, no one too that we're uh, too concerned about, uh, at least across the entire fantasy football landscape. But before we get going here, I uh, just want to remind all the listeners who are on iTunes or Spotify or any other free platform, you can still get 40% off an annual subscription. Check out theathletic.com slash the ranking show and you'll find your way to 40 percent off that annual subscription you'll get access to our subscribers only update to this show on friday that's with me and Derek van riper you'll also get the print version of jake's ranks and just so you know how valuable those are jake is currently the industry leader on fantasy pros the number one accuracy ranker right now going into uh week four so jake uh, very good job through the first uh, fifth of the season yeah, it's all, all nowhere to go but downhill, though. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think you can maintain this. I think you, the, 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 nowhere to go but down, but you can definitely keep it on that plane. So very good job. You're uh, you're making you look the best, but I feel like you're making us all look good. Yeah, that's that's what it's about. And Eric Moody's in the top ten too. Yeah, so the athletic uh, faring very well certainly uh, so far this season. So. If that's uh, not incentive enough to uh, to subscribe to the athletic and get access to that. I don't know what is. And with that, guys, I think we're ready to turn our attention to this Winks rankings. You know the drill. We're going to talk about the guys who are interesting in terms of starts or sits. No one obvious, just guys who you maybe could start, maybe could sit. And at the running back position, I think the big name that everyone's going to be thinking about this week is Wayne Gallman, uh, Saquon Barkley, going to be out for the next month or two with a high ankle sprain. Wayne Gallman taking over, uh, at least for the time being, as the primary back for the New York Giants. A little bit of uh, disunity between the two of you guys on Gallman, and that characterizes this entire show that's coming up. I'm very happy that you guys uh, have so much differentiation in your ranks this week. Jake, you've got him at running back 20. Brandon down at running back 31. Uh, Giants are hosting the Washington Redskins, three-point favorites in this game with an implied total of 26 points. Jake, I'll let you go first on this one. Uh, Why are you backing Gallman as what looks like a running back two this week? Because, one, he's playing uh, one of the worst defenses in the league. (laughs) These are two of the four worst defenses in the league. And two is he's the guy. There's no question about it. Elijah Penny is basically a fullback. He might get a few touches. You saw the crew that they brought in, which was very uninspiring. 
And then as of right now, uh, they promoted John Hillman from the practice squad, who was an undrafted rookie that they kind of had some appeal from from Rutgers who made a little bit of noise in the preseason against the Bears. But again, it was the preseason. Tells me, guess what? It's Blaine Goldman's backfield. And if you're looking across the landscape of the NFL, how many backfields can you say you know somebody's going to get 70% of the touches? And so even if it's 70% and not a lot of running, it's probably still at least 15 touches, 15, maybe even 15 carries. And that's why it's 15 carries, touches, somewhere in that range against, again, one of the worst defenses in the league. So, yes, this, this could blow up in our faces, but the same as the waivers. You had to go all in, and if you went all in and picked them up, I don't see how you bench them. Yeah, and full disclosure, I'm up to 28 on him. the The 31 was my first pass. I, I do, I do think you know the idea that he is the guy that there's volume there means something. I'm still at RB three on him, where Jake's an RB two. I just think, and I know Jake believes this too. The guy is a vanilla <laughs> talent uh, as a runner. Uh, he's a pretty good receiver. Washington's done a good job of, uh, you know, kind of limiting running backs in the in the passing game. They've actually done a good job overall of, and I know it's not a great defense, but running backs haven't been getting rich against the Redskins. Uh, and so, you know, and Gallman, I think, is going to give up goal line carries to Elijah Penny. This is a guy who has three touchdowns on 220 career touches. I just don't think he is is made for goal line work. And so I think, you know, First, it's only two by, you know, it's only a two team by, but you do have Le'Veon Bell and Matt Breedow. I think for those teams, you're looking at Gallman as as your flex play. I don't think he has the upside of a true top 20 running back this week. I just and, and I'm actually a little bit surprised at this over under, which I think is right under 50 at like 49. Mm-hmm. I think it's just one of those games where these two teams are finally going to face somebody that's not very good. And they're going to they're going to kind of play it a lot more conservatively than they have. And I don't think there's going to be a lot of scoring in this. If I was a betting man, I would be hammering the under in this game. Gallman's going to be a guy who we uh, learn a lot about this week and uh, who uh, could see his ranking fluctuate quite a bit depending on matchup and depending on how these next couple of weeks go. If you want a little bit more on the New York Giants, uh, yesterday's episode of Podcast by Committee, which is also available, iTunes, Spotify, all the free marketplaces, uh, we had uh, Giants beat writer Dan Duggan on and he went deep into not only the Saquon Barkley injury situation, but also Daniel Jones' debut and the rest of this team as they get ready to get Golden Tate back in week five so check that out if you want more on Gallman and the New York Giants offense as a whole again hosting Washington here this week moving on to David Montgomery uh Jake I was uh following along with your tweets on Monday Night Football begging Matt (laughs) Nagy to use David Montgomery more but uh was it was the Cordero Patterson show in the backfield uh in the first half of that game Montgomery did end up leading the team uh in carries 13 and rushing yards 67 played garbage of the snaps, but yes, most of it came very late with the Bears comfortably uh, in control of that game. Also against Washington this week, the Bears return home. They host the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, this is one where you guys are pretty much of the same mind. Jake, you've got him running back 25. Brandon, running back 23. Brandon, you start us off here. Uh, should we have any confidence that we're going to see more of Montgomery this week? Well, we've been seeing it like, you know, Nagy is upping the touches each passing week and we're seeing Mike Davis basically fade off into the woodwork. I think he had one carry last week. He's basically becoming the true backup that he needs to be. And if they stop messing around with Cordero Patterson at the goal line, if they stop giving Tariq Cohen runs between the tackles, 
then all is going to be right in this backfield with David Montgomery being the true lead back. But I think we're, we're baby stepping our way there. Uh, this is a Minnesota matchup this week, which gives you a pause, but they haven't been, you know, they haven't been the true purple people eaters this year. They give up 4.3 yards per carry to running backs. Um, and I think, you know, as long as Montgomery is going to continue to get the 16 plus touches, uh, I think he can deliver, uh, you know, back end RB2 value in this matchup. Nope. That was, he only got those touches because it's garbage. It's garbage time. It was a garbage game. How are you game. saying no? Cookie. You have him ranked two spots behind me. You're basically calling him a back end RB2 as well. You can't, and you if can't, we had, you can't decidedly was, disagree with me on this. Yes, because if we had, it's not that I want to play in there. It's the fact that this is just, it's what we're dealing with this week with no 49ers. And just the fact that, you know, no Le'Veon Bell, that's three people that should be ranked in front of him right there and possibly even four at this rate with Jeff well, Wilson. I, I, I don't disagree I don't feel with good that, about it. He's got to deal with the reality. You got to deal with reality. Right. That's what I'm saying is I don't feel good about it is because it's not garbage that it's just garbage time. It's garbage is the usage. You said if, 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 and that's a lot of ifs. The fact is, is so far Matt Nagy's been an idiot. And we can sit there and say, you know, maybe he saw something in the preseason that he didn't like despite how good he looked. Maybe that was his peak. Uh, that, well, in the D'Angelo Williams show that we talked about, he said that maybe he – what rookies sometimes do is they sprint in the preseason while everybody else is running for a marathon. And maybe he sprinted and that was the best you're ever going to get from Montgomery. And maybe Matt Nagy said, you know what? That's not good enough. So we can keep hoping. At least my point being is I don't feel good about it because the usage is absurd. Like Cordell Patterson in the eye is the dumbest <laughs> thing I've seen this season. Probably within the last couple seasons in general, like that's just absurd at this point. And I go back to what one of my tweets you were talking about, Mike is just, then why the hell did you draft him in the third round? Like, if you're going to, like, and I know the third round isn't, like, supreme capital, but why did you draft somebody in the third round who graded out as the best tackle breaker in college if you were going to line up Cordell Patterson in the eye and not give Montgomery full workload until the game was out of hand? And so you're right, Brandon, the Vikings haven't been what we really thought they could be on defense, but at the same time, I'm not ready to say that I feel good. Like, put it this way. If I'm shooting upside, there's guys behind him that I think have a higher ceiling at this point. Traded up to get him, too. Don't forget about that. The it's Bears, just, the Bears made it, a move to trade up and grab him. It makes no sense what's going on. I'm, I hope, Brandon, I, I, I'm sure we all do. We hope things change. But like I said, it's, it wasn't so much of like, no, you're crazy as in like my rankings are different from yours. It's just... It's just crazy. It's like to have the confidence. I just have you just you just want to vent. You just wanted to vent. Whereas no, I, was, I just I'm, I just don't I'm feel giving good the glass about half full. There. You're giving the glass half empty. I mean, oh, it's it not half empty. It's not half empty. There's a few drops in the glasses. That's it. <laughs> There's only one running back in Chicago that has a meaty role right now, and that's Montgomery. And no matter where, no, it's Terry Cohen. No, he doesn't have a meaty role. He had he yeah. had eight catches in in week one, and he's been like n- marginalized since then. I mean. He was Montgomery's the only one getting work until he was climbing. Like, until the game was out of hand. He was the only one getting work throughout the game. Well, so I, I think what we can agree on is that Matt Nagy is being an idiot right now and trying to act <laughs> like he's a genius and doing these weird things. And when he just kind of gets back to normal, uh, I think you know the dust settles and it's Montgomery is is the one who's looking best. I, I hope I so. <laughs> 
Guys, I, I believe me, I, I, if I could, I would let you guys sit here and talk about the Bears all show long, but we got to move on. Uh, interesting game, though, between the Bears and Vikings, a couple of two-in-one teams in the NFC North, that one taking place in Chicago on Sunday. Uh, Rashad Penny, the next guy I want to talk about now, uh, inactive last week because of a hamstring injury, still dealing with that hamstring injury, so it's something you're going to want to watch, but for sake of conversation, we're going to say that he does play. Uh, you guys could be moving him around, I assume you will be moving him around, uh, depending on what we hear about his hamstring issue but for the time being Jake you've got him at 26 among running backs Brandon you've got him at 35 Chris Carson three fumbles in the last two weeks Seattle at Arizona uh, favored by five points in this game how are you feeling about a healthy or healthy-ish Rashad Penny going into this one uh, Jake no well that's I'm not moving him that much unless he's out as I've actually this is a good ranking that I think I have and maybe he might move up a spot or two just because I work on the projections and rankings all week long but this is based on the fact that I think he's playing this week obviously we'll watch Thursday and Friday but the truth is, is what you just said is so far Chris Carson's been very poor at handling the ball and you know we know Pete Carroll won't tolerate it the good news is Pete Carroll usually tells us exactly what he's thinking I just hope we find out Thursday. Friday. I would love if Pete Carroll just came out Thursday or Friday and said, hey, Penny's going to get a shot. Like if he says Penny's going to get a shot, then I will actually move him more than just one or two spots. I'd probably move him into the top 20 because he's going to get the first opportunities. Now, could he fall flat on his face? Absolutely. Has Rashad Penny done much to this point of his career? Not a whole lot. I mean, there's been some flashes, but he's disappointed more than he's produced on the promise that he has as a talent. So I'm looking more for the upside of the fact that I think this is if he's out there, he's going to get an opportunity because of what's happened with Chris Carson so far. At the same time, I, I will say this, this is no guarantee because if Penny's not 100%, if Penny comes out, runs five times for eight yards and doesn't get anything going and they turn back to Chris Carson, he busts off three long runs right out of the gate, you know, then it's going to shift right back. So I'll have Penny probably uh, ahead of Carson if he's a full practice Thursday and Friday, but this is going to be interchanging through all the way up till Sunday. Yeah, there's nothing that Pete Carroll has said that has me in, you know, feeling at all like they're ready to 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 try out Rashad Penny in a bigger role than what he's had. I think they're still there with Chris Carson because he is exactly who they want to be on offense. You know, a guy that on third and short will always move move, you know, the yardage forward. Uh, Rashad Penny, I think they love him, his style as a compliment to Chris Carson because he can get to the edges and he's the guy that can do the breakaway stuff, but they want the, they want the Marshawn Lynch type and that's Chris Carson. And you know, Pete Carroll said, we're not, we're not going to put Carson basically, you know, just to paraphrase, they're not going to put him in the doghouse because he's fumbled. They're working on it. It's not an issue that has plagued him throughout his career in college or anything like that. It's just something that's, that's happened. I think it's an anomaly. Well, then how do you explain ranking. the benching? Well, that, that is a, that is a short-term deal. And, and I will say this too, if CJ Procise had been healthy in his Seahawks career, they never would have drafted Rashad Penny because they love the guy. And I just think Rashad Penny coming off a hamstring DMP, they're not going to, they're not going to plug him in and give him a big workload in his first game back. A hammy is something that you just don't want to, you know, play around with a whole lot because if, if you exacerbate it, that's a, that's one of those lingering stupid injuries that you just, you know, can keep a guy. No, Steve, a that's, that's, and that's where I'm different as my point is if he's full practice Thursday and Friday and they feel good enough, but that's, that's where well, I'm going I, with I that direction. Him like, like he's going to play, but they're not going to. No, no, no. What I mean, what I mean is I agree with you on that. I'm saying I don't see them even having him active if he's not 
hundred percent. Like I don't see them kind of saying, all right, all right well, let's limit his touches. I, I think if he's ready to go, he's ready to go is what I'm saying. Right. And I think like, well, so back to my point then is like, if they're, they're like that, like they are very comfortable with CJ process as a player, they're not comfortable with his durability issues, but right now he's been healthy. And I think if uh, there's a decent chance, uh, if Penny's not all the way there that you could see CJ process being the, the Rashad Penny that you, you want to project him to be. Two weeks ago with those two Chris Carson fumbles when they turned to Penny a little bit more. He did look good. 10 carries, 62 yards, and a touchdown in that game against Pittsburgh. So uh, he'll be someone to keep an eye on, like Jake said. Pay close attention to those uh, practice reports on Thursday and Friday to see what Penny's participation is. Uh, Moving on to the New England Patriots. Uh, Typical Patriots backfield, right? Divided between uh, three guys right now. Sony Michelle, Rex Burkhead, and James White. Uh, the rankings are as follows. Jake, you've got Michelle at 19, Brandon's at 25, Burkhead, we've got Jake at 28, and Brandon at 32, James White at 29 for Jake, and 20 for Brandon. James White, uh, inactive last week for personal reasons, uh, should be a go with the Patriots at Buffalo this week, favored by a touchdown with an implied team total of 24 and a half points. Jake, I'm going to come to you and I'm going to kind of come to you on Sony Michelle. Uh, I'm guessing that he's someone you're getting a lot of questions about, uh, but you've got him in the top 20 this week. Uh, how much of that has to do with just this Patriots offense? How much is Michelle? Uh, just to explain your ranking uh, with him at 19 this week. It's just, it's projecting maybe a little bit too high right now for a touchdown upside. The truth, like, look, he's been kind of miserable running the ball. He's been worse than Derrick Henry for the fact he's not being used in the passing game. And he's been running worse. Actually, he's even worse than Leonard Fournette on the efficiency side of things. But I still think he's a better player than what we've seen so far. Uh, It's not the best matchup, obviously, this week. But I think that's why he's still going to get the goal line carries. Uh, Rex Burkhead's been in the mix a little bit. But James White, to couple all of them together, is the Rex Burkhead is because James White is back. I just don't know that I can trust him. Although it wouldn't surprise me if the rankings are completely backwards or they're all too high or they're all too low because it is the Patriots. And this is why I don't want to deal with them on my team every single year because nothing ever changes. I'm with you. And I, that was going to be my, that was going to be what I said too. I don't know. I don't know how you <laughs> only Bill Belichick knows how he's going to utilize these running backs. It's, I do find it interesting that Sonny Michelle, a guy that we, you know, coming out of Georgia was supposed he's supposed to be this dynamic kind of, you know, electric runner. And he, they basically turned him into LeGarrette Blunt when he scored the 18 touchdowns as the goal line specialist. Uh, and he's starting to, he's starting to look the part. Um, but yeah, I've, I've since moved Michelle down a couple spots, moved Burkhead up and I have James White at 20, you know, James White had two pretty good games against Buffalo last year. That's last year. Doesn't mean a whole lot, but, um, you know, they, they just use that, that short passing game as a run a lot of times. And I could see them doing that in this game as well. And that working out to James White's advantage, but I'm, I'm with Jake. I really don't know. I have, I'll have all these guys in the 20 somewhere when it's all said and done. And uh, it could be completely backwards as to who, you know, who's the guy that's in the lead, uh, what it turns out to be. Quick follow-up here, and Brandon, we'll start with you. Uh, if if you, you could put these guys in a hat, pull them out, and they could finish in any order, I think that that's something that we all know about the Patriots. What do we think about the opponent then? Uh, this is a game that has an over-under uh, at 42. Are we thinking that this is going to be a slow-paced, low-scoring game, or do we think that the Patriots' offense is going to be resilient enough to to, to blow past their uh, implied number of 24 and a half? 
Yeah, I, I think, you know, in Buffalo, they're going to be up for this game. Uh, it's a good defense. But I, I would probably still bet bet the over um, at 42. I can't, you know, I can't see the Patriots just living in the low 20s. I, I think the Buffalo is going to give them a game. The interesting thing is the lead back in every game against Buffalo has done very well uh, in terms of fantasy. I think 16 and a half points at least in terms of fantasy points and half PPR. So uh, running backs have been doing okay against Buffalo. Again, it comes down to for us, which one is it going to be? All right, guys, uh, we're going to we're going to move on from running back uh, here. But just uh, one last thing. Uh, same thing we did last week. Someone to take a chance on. Jake, you go first. Who's someone you're taking a shot on here this week? Check the link. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, unfortunately, <laughs> the sad thing is I got to cross one of them out. Uh, well, nah, not for this week, because Melvin Gordon's news doesn't impact this week. So you can still roll out Justin Jackson. So I'll just stick with Justin Jackson is. We're starting backup running backs against the Dolphins because they get their run starting in the third quarter. And, you know, we thought more of Justin Jackson to start this season. I say we as in the industry, I don't think very many people expected him to do so little so far because we thought there'd be more of a split than there was. But at this point, we would I would have to assume Justin Jackson's in the game in the third quarter and potentially most of the fourth with Austin Eckler. You know, why not? I know Melvin Gordon is coming back, but at the same time, why give Mel, why give Austin Eckler 25 touches in a game you don't need to? Yeah, Justin Jackson would, would have been my guy to throw out there. I like that call. Um, I think Rex Burkhead, who we just talked about, is probably not in a ton of lineups. I think he's a decent roll of dice. But I would also throw Adrian Peterson. And Jake, I know I th- just from editing your, your rankings and columns, <laughs> I think you like Ad- Adrian Peterson a decent amount in this game because the chance where it doesn't have to be necessarily, uh, you know, Chris Thompson out there all the time in passing down situations. There's a chance for this game to be close uh, for Adrian Peterson to get some, some volume in the running game for a change guys being the, uh, you know, the big 10 correspondent on the ranking show. I feel like I should share with you. I, I know the reason why Melvin Gordon's reporting this week. It's because it's Wisconsin versus Northwestern, and he wants to talk some trash to Justin Jackson. That's why he's coming back this week. <laughs> that that's what is exactly what this <laughs> what he's waiting for the entire. He's season. waiting to stop the whole day. I can't miss Wisconsin Northwestern week. I got to talk some trash to JJ. So that's why. That's why this is the week. I know it's the big mystery, but that's why. Um, a few injuries to keep in mind before we move on to wide receivers. We already talked about Rashad Penny with the hamstring. Damian Williams still dealing with that knee injury. Uh, did not practice on Wednesday. LaShawn McCoy aggravated his ankle injury last week. Sounds good, but just keep an eye on it as the week goes on. Aaron Jones dealing with a shoulder injury. This is the Thursday night game, Green Bay and Philadelphia. So if you're listening to this on Wednesday or Thursday, be sure to know what's happening with Aaron Jones there. And then Devin Singletary missed last week's Bills game with a hamstring injury, still dealing with it as well. So keep an eye on Singletary's practice reports over the next couple of days. Moving on to wide receiver. Want to start with DJ Chark. Three touchdowns in three games has scored in every single game for the Jacksonville Jaguars. The season numbers, 15 grabs on 18 targets, 277 yards, and those three touchdowns playing three quarters of the snaps for the Jacksonville Jaguars. You guys are in identical agreement on this one. Uh, Maybe uh, you've changed it a little bit since then, but uh, both have him as wide receiver 32. Uh, Brandon, we'll start with you on this one. Uh, Are we thinking Chark is a plug and play wide receiver three for the rest of the season? Well, I, I think we're, I think we are. I mean, he is kind of proven. It's funny. I would, you know, bouncing around in all the advanced analytics sites this week and doing searches on different stats and DJ shark, a lot of the time is popping up at the very top. And I think he still has like a perfect passer rating to him right now, but this is a guy who's kind of 
sort of moving into Gardner Minshew's go-to, uh, who scored a touchdown in every game, who has elite athleticism. And, and really, like, there's no reason why he can't be this guy. So uh, the quarterback likes him. Uh, apparently, uh, you know, the good Lord likes him, get, blessing it with talent, and uh, he's getting an opportunity. So uh, look, at outside of, you know, Chris Harris in the Broncos secondary, I'm not worried about this matchup this week. Um, and so, yeah, I'm going to – I'm definitely going to be rolling DJ Shark at least as a wide receiver three. Yep, baby Shark. Shark, 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 shark. That's you have to. I mean, that's what we have to go with, right? I mean, we can't. You can't not call him that. Come on. So, <laughs> just for that alone. No, the truth is, is what I said in the preseason. Not to be like, this is look at me because I did not predict Nick Foles getting hurt, and I do think Nick Foles coming back helps D.D. Westbrook. But what DJ Chark brings to this team that no other receiver brings to this team is the ability to be an NFL number one wide receiver. D.D. Westbrook is not an NFL number one wide receiver. Marquise Lee is not an NFL. You can go to the line. Nobody has the all-around ability. Now, some occasionally Antonio Brown's types pop up, and D.D. Westbrook, as we've talked about before on the show, and I even said that, is that he's kind of the, you know, the simpler version of him. I don't want to call him a poor man's, but you know, he's not quite there. Antonio Brown is the rare breed. You don't see number ones that are like Antonio Brown. If it was what one of a hundred. So if you look at the DJ Chark skill set, that's why I had hope for him. I didn't even expect it to be this good, honestly. And I expect definitely didn't expect it to be this good with Gardner Minshew at quarterback. But the truth is, is going forward, like you said, it's a wide receiver three. Is it even wide receiver two conversation? No, because he's not going to score a touchdown every single week. And there's going to be some down games. But if you're telling me he's a wide receiver three and needs to be in my lineup every single week as a wide receiver three, I'm going to take that upside because the down weeks will be, you know what, it's going to be better than most wide receiver twos on the low end. Yeah, Chark and the Jaguars at Denver this week. They're three-point underdogs. Uh, could be a fun game between those two teams. Uh, 17 and a half on the implied total for the Jacksonville Jaguars. We'll see if Chark can't keep his touchdown streak rolling. John Ross had his first bad game of the 2019 season last week. Two catches on six targets for 22 yards. Lost a fumble. So depending on how your uh, league scores, uh, scores those, uh, definitely did not uh, give you a whole lot in that game last week. But the good news, played 100% of the uh, snaps. So going to have down weeks. Uh, everyone's going to have down weeks. Certainly John Ross is going to have them, uh, but he was out there for every single play for Cincinnati. Uh, Jake, you've got him wide receiver 37 this week, Brandon at wide receiver 30. Uh, Jake, if he does bounce back this week, what does that look like uh, in this game with the Bengals visiting the Steelers on Monday night football? Uh, something I'm not predicting. <laughs> I mean, it's like, I, I think that you're just hoping for a big play and that's what he brings to the table. And John Ross is going to be a threat downfield, but this was a defense that should be playing better than it. The talent, like it's kind of one of those where you always hear the, some of the parts are better than that. You know, whatever this is, they're, they're the opposite. They have the parts, but the tech, the sum and the talent wasn't producing. Well, Micah Fitzpatrick made an immediate improvement of this defense last week i'm not saying he's that big of a difference maker on his own but you just added one more piece to this defense that should like i said should have been playing better you're talking about a very solid secondary led by joe hayden you add in fence patrick who's now playing safety and i think this is a legitimate concern for the entire offense this week like 
I know I have Joe Mixon as an RB two. I know that, you know, Tyler Boyd's in the conversation as well, but if this was ended up being like less than 10 points for the Bengals and the Pittsburgh defense ended up being a nice streaming defense this week, it would not surprise me. Yeah. I just think, you know, Buffalo is a much more talented secondary. He, he ran into a, a tough one with that game. I, I think Zach Taylor loves John Ross's speed and his potential and you get him out in space. And I think they'll have an ability to do that. Uh, Joe Hayden's not going to be on him all the time. There'll be opportunities to move Ross around and get him, up on Mike Hilton and Steven Nelson and guys that he can take advantage of. Uh, and I think that'll happen. And look at Cincinnati is keeping pace with Arizona in terms of pass volume. I expect that to continue. And I think we'll see a lot better game out of John Ross, who's, you know, right at nine targets per game. And that includes that dud last week. So I think they're going to be back uh, looking his way a lot this week. He leads the NFL in drops, by the way, so he needs to he needs to not drop any of these. But uh, I think he has. Uh, I like the upside. That's why I'm having him a little bit higher than Jake. I have, I have him a few spots, uh, kind of in the middle of that wide receiver three range. Yeah, Steelers have allowed the sixth most points per game to wide receivers in half PPR leagues. Not adjusted for competition, and the competition has been stiff for them. New England uh, in week one, Seattle saw a, a healthy dose of uh, Tyler Lockett, so uh, they definitely have uh, dealt with uh, some tough wide. Receivers, but still sixth most points allowed to the position thus far this season. Uh, next guy, you guys have a big divergence of opinion, so I'm excited to get uh, the lowdown on that. It is Mike Williams of the Los Angeles Chargers. Chargers huge favorites this week at Miami. They've got an implied team total of just north of 30 points, so it could be a lot of scoring going on for the Chargers. But Mike Williams has not lived up to his billing this season. Eight grabs on 15 targets for 157 yards, still looking for his first score of the season. Jake, you are the low man here at 39. Brandon, the high man at 21. So we'll let you go first here, Brandon. Uh, why is Jake wrong? I just think it's a great get right game for Mike Williams. Look at there. They need to diversify. It's been all Keenan Allen all the time. And Mike Williams, one of the best red zone threats in the league. Uh, he's a, he's a, he's a great talent. And this is an opportunity kind of like Mike Evans last week where the guy, you know, needs to get going. It's a great week to get untracked. Mike Williams has three red zone targets this year. He's way down the list and that needs to be rectified. And a team in Miami that's given up, you know, a ton of points. You know, there should be plenty of opportunities for the Chargers to get Mike Williams going. And I think they need to do that just for his confidence, for the sake of, as I said, diversity uh, of the offensive attack. It can't be Keenan Allen week in and week out. I mean, maybe it could, but I don't think that's what they want to do. So this is a great time to get Mike Williams going. And I think they're going to make him a point of emphasis. Yeah, they can but doesn't mean it's going to happen i it's just i don't see any reason to even need the passing game that much in general it's the dolphins so that's why it's just if this was a kansas city chiefs matchup i'd be more with you on that i just don't think the passing game is even going to be that involved and if it is i could see it's going to be keenan allen first it's still not going to be mike williams first year and i understand your point you they would be great to get him on track but it could also be Austin Eckler. And by the time the game's out of hand, it's just going to be running it down their throats for the rest of the way. So it's more so the fact, like I said, it's in a different matchup in a different week. I'd be more with you, but I just, the Dolphins, I just don't see them needing to pass that much in general. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if Philip Rivers doesn't even throw the ball 25 times. Hey Jake, is uh, Mike Williams a, a buy low, especially if you end up being right and we don't see much from him this week? I think he's a buy low before this game because if Brandon's right, 
your buy low window is going to be closed and you could definitely try to buy low now. And the fact that like next week, if it does end up being another quiet game, even by even lower, but because it is the dolphins. And if that does happen, and if it does take just one play to bring this point, he still is. I agree with you. I, I love Mike Williams. I, I do think he's one of the best red zone talents. And so far my prediction doesn't look good because he hasn't scored, but I said, he's going to lead the team in touchdowns because he's the best red, best red zone option. Uh, so if it happens this week, your Bible window is going to be closed. So I would try now. And if you don't, hopefully I'm right. And then he has a bad game and he can buy low next week. Been a very narrow usage tree for the Chargers. A whole lot of Keenan Allen, a whole lot of Austin Eckler. And since Hunter Henry's injury, that's been pretty much it. We'll see if Which Williams. Is weird. It is. It is. I don't think any of us expected that. But uh, see if Williams can get himself a little bit more involved in this game in Miami against the lowly Dolphins. Uh, Marvin Jones showing some signs of life last week for the first time this season. Had nine targets, pulled down six of them for 101 yards. And a touchdown. Another one where we've got a good divergence of opinion. Another one where Jake is uh, souring things and Brandon is a little bit more optimistic. Uh, game against the Chiefs for the Detroit Lions. Uh, Jake, you're down at wide receiver 40 on Marvin Jones. Brandon at 26. We're going to let the low man go first on this one. Jake, why is Brandon wrong? Yeah, well, because I just don't see Marvin Jones being the focal point to his argument of what he just made about getting Mike Williams on track. You need, if you, if the Lions are going to think, that they're contenders with this 2-0-1 record, which is just shocking in and of itself. <laughs> but the truth about it is the, who's going to be the lead in this passing? Who needs to be the lead in this passing game? You want to get, Kenny Galladay needs to get on track. And to Brandon's point, if you're going to look for a game, Kansas City Chiefs, and you're going to look for a game that they're going to be passing to get him on track, this is one. The concern I have more so for Marvin Jones also on top of it is that I'm not sure if, I mean, as it lines up as how they line up, he might see a decent amount of Breland, who's actually a pretty underrated corner. It's not amazing. I just think that Kenny Galladay has got the size over these corners where Danny Amendola could do a little bit in space and Marvin Jones could just end up being left out, in my opinion. But if he has a good game, it wouldn't surprise me. I just think this is a Kenny Galladay game. Yeah, it's kind of how you said you thought Mark, Mike, like you said, Mike Williams it would be a game. I just think Marvin Jones has been a guy that's been down too long. We forgot about how you know how talented the guy was, especially as a red zone guy. He's also six foot two. He's he's going to have some matchup advantages, and they move him around. So I, you know, Breland, Breland, you know, mostly plays to a side, but they've moved Marvin Jones around a little bit. And I don't think it's an accident that his targets have gone up each passing week, and he was up to nine last week. I. I think this is more about, I like Kenny Galladay as well. I have both of them ranked pretty high. I think this is more about, I think Jones is back in the mix. And I think both of these guys could have a very good day as, as Kansas city pushes the scoring pace here and Detroit has to follow suit. So I don't, I'm not really down on Kenny Galladay at the, you know, for the sake of moving Marvin Jones up. I have both. These yeah, guys. You do you hate him? <laughs> Whether well, it is that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got uh, an over-under of 54 in this game, and uh, if the first three weeks of, uh, are any indication, no one is slowing down the Chiefs. So if the uh, Lions have any illusions of keeping up in this game, they're going to need uh, a whole lot of scoring uh, to happen. So uh, that's something uh, perhaps that could be a check 
in Marvin Jones' favor. One more NFC North wide receiver I want to get your opinions on before we move on to the quarterback position. And it's quite possibly the most disappointing receiver, one of the most disappointing players, I would say, uh, from a fantasy perspective thus far this season. Stephon Diggs, uh, you guys are uh, in lockstep here. Jake at wide receiver 42, Brandon at wide receiver 39. Minnesota headed to Chicago to take on the Bears defense or three-point underdogs. Uh, is there any hope, you guys, and we'll start with you, Brandon, for Diggs getting right this season, or is he just going to be undermined by a team that wants to and can win with its run game and defense? Yeah, we can't ignore the fact that Minnesota's thrown the ball 63 times. That's 21 fewer times than the next lowest team, and we have teams like you know, Arizona where Kyler Murray threw 54 times in week one, you know, so they've almost threw in one game as much as Minnesota's thrown. Look at Minnesota's said it all, all off season. And they're and, and, and they're proving it right now when they can run, they will run and it'll, you know, be it, you know, in spite of the fact they have some talented receivers there, they don't care. They're going to run the ball. They're going to play good defense. And right now uh, they're running it about as well as anybody. So, this could be a war of attrition with Chicago, you know, and, um, and, and if they do throw the ball so far, the hierarchy has been established pretty clearly that Adam Thielen's cousins, you know, preferred target. And I just think there's so much volatility with Diggs that you cannot, you can no longer go in thinking that he's going to be someone that's just, you know, even on the, on, on a bad day is going to do something to help you out because there's so few opportunities right now for him. I mean, there's hope in the fact that you can buy him for nothing. And that that's really what we're hoping for here because well, I love the talent. Money. I mean, I love the talent. Yeah. I mean, no, no, no. I just, talent. I just meant like, I, I mean, I'm not being like a hundred percent like tongue in cheek with that. I'm just saying like, that's like, truthfully, look, that that's what you're doing right now. You're just hoping you get him for nothing because to your point, they're running the ball a ton. They don't need the pass. And when they do need to pass, it's Thielen first. And even the backfield usage and, you know, Rudolph's left out, Diggs is left out. Uh, the biggest thing I'm looking at right now is the fact that the slot usage is what you want to see, but neither of them are really working the slot that much, but at least it's a little bit feeling. And what I talked about when Kirk Cousins signed with this team is that he struggles on the outside and he struggles outside deep. And that's where Diggs has been a lot. And if you're talking about that was my concern when they came in. And last year it switched at times. They kind of messed around and used Diggs in that area. And that was actually when he started to play a little bit better. But that's where Thielen struggled. And I don't know if they decided, hey, what, you know what? Thielen's better than Diggs, and we're gonna stick with that and stop screwing around or whatever it might be. But the concern about it's Kirk Cousins. And Kirk Cousins, for all intents and purposes, doesn't fit this offense. And that like this would be truthful. Like Kirk Cousins' skill set really isn't made for the Vikings. And I think that's even part of the reason why they're running the ball more is because maybe they realize that too, which is just strange why they made that signing in the first place. But all that being said is that's why I'm, I say that to say I'm buying low on digs because you can get them for nothing, but I'm not expecting you to be able to put them in your lineup anytime soon. And if you buy low, it could be one of those opportunities where he has one good game. You turn around and immediately flip him because people are going to see the name digs and be like, Oh, okay. Everything's fine. You just off to a slow start. Fewer than 50 yards in every game, fewer than 40 yards in two of Minnesota's three games. Definitely a slow start and the worst thing like for him. I have him in my home league, and I'm considering benching <laughs> for Preston Williams. That's how far I'm going. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's totally understandable with these numbers and with the fact that, you know, Minnesota, it's not just that they want to play this way, it's that they're winning this way. And so that's something that uh, they're going to, I think, keep trying to do. And, and maybe it works against Chicago, maybe it doesn't, but it's going to be a style of play that Diggs owners have to deal with all season long, something to keep in mind, not only this week, but as the season progresses. Guys, someone you're taking a chance on at the wide receiver position, Jake, we'll start with you. Oh, we'll start with me. I thought we were starting with, because you start with me on the sleeper last time. All yeah, right, but you know, uh, Brandon got to go first on Diggs, so I'll <laughs> let you go first here. All right, well, I'm going to go back to this. I'm t- attacking so much in this game. Like, I want so many pieces of the Giants versus the Redskins, and that includes Paul Richardson. And as Brandon knows, because oh, he edited, I can't believe he me. Oh, wait. No, 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 hold on. Stop trying to take people out of my column, Brad. <laughs> Brandon, it's just like, seriously. Um, the thing with, you know this because you edited it. Like, the, It's not reactionary to last week. It's the fact that he's getting the second most work. He's snaps, targets, everything. And if you look at the Giants, I don't care if it's Jen- Jenkins or the worst rated corner in the league right now, DeAndre Baker, by far. Like On um, pro football focus, he doesn't even have a 30 yet. He's graded at 28. I've never seen somebody in the 20s before. So it doesn't matter. Who ends up on him and who ends up on McClure and who ends up on anybody? You attack the Giants because Jenkins looks like he's probably on. I mean, we're talking like Jordy Nelson of corner drop offs of careers at this point. <laughs> yeah, I love Paul Richardson too. He's a former Seahawk and I liked him as a Seahawk. He's one of those guys who could never stay healthy. No, so you're he a homer. That's why. Yeah. Well, he hasn't <laughs> stayed consistently healthy in Washington. Nothing's changed, but the guy's talented. He can go up and get the ball. And uh, yeah, as you mentioned, this matchup is sweet. I guess I'll throw out a couple of Cowboys. I, I, I you know, go back to Devin Smith. He didn't have a big game last week, neither did Randall Cobb. But I like the matchup, and Randall Cobb's going to go up against P.J. Williams, and and you know you can throw the ball on New Orleans. It's, you know, Marshawn Lattimore is another guy like Janoris Jenkins, where we have this memory of him being such a shutdown guy, but the numbers don't bear it out, and they haven't bared it out for a little while. So, See, Mike, I told I, you, you're stealing from my column. Yeah, I can tell. I, <laughs> I felt it last week. I felt this sort of unspoken tension last week, so I'm happy we got it out in the <laughs> open. That, that, I don't watch any football. I just read Jake's column each week. <laughs> That, see, that's what everybody should do. <laughs> oh, Actually, you know what? To your to your point, Brandon, I don't know if you know this because I was looking it up, but because I was looking up DeAndre Baker and stuff like that. But Marshawn Lattimore is actually top five in NFL quarterback rating allowed and yards per snap allowed. That's how he's behind DeAndre Baker in both, but DeAndre Baker's like number two and number three. Like that's how bad Lattimore's been so far. Oh yeah, I've been playing around on Pro Football Focus's coverage uh, ratings for sure. I, I've See? I've seen his yeah, name pop up in the wrong way a few times. Yeah, no, young like, guy wait, wait, still wait. too. He's at the top of the list. Why? Oh, wrong list. <laughs> <laughs> young guy still too with uh, Lattimore. Just what was that? Two years ago that he was the defensive rookie of the year. Yeah. Right. And so, yeah, remarkable to see uh, to see that. But uh, a couple of guys to keep your eye on and should be uh, I'm, I'm expecting a fun Sunday night game, even without Drew Brees. Uh, Cowboys going down to New Orleans for the Sunday night football game. A couple of injuries you're going to want to keep an eye on over the next couple of days. Uh, T.Y. Hilton with the quad. That is not sounding great. Julian Edelman has a ribcage injury. That is sounding decent. Uh, the guy we mentioned off the top, Chris Godwin. Popped up on the injury report out of nowhere with a hip injury. Uh, if you want to blame anyone, blame Jake for trading for him this mm. morning. And Elshon Jeffrey uh, dealing with his calf injury still. Things sound good for him. He was a, a full practice participant, uh, and uh, that's a Thursday night game between Philadelphia and Green Bay. So you're going to know things do sound pretty positive, though, that Alshon is going to be able to get back on the field after missing last week's game. 
We move. Do you want to know that that team? Just so you know, by the way, so Brandon knows because I mentioned it last week. The ICCU curse, the ICLE curse. You and so it was a play that somebody or a play on words that somebody put out a couple of years ago. That team has Barkley, Damian Williams, and Tyreek Hill on it. By the way, so like, and I <laughs> traded for Chris Godwin. Like this, I should. Oh, I tell you people every year. I should just tell you who I own in multiple leagues so you can avoid it <laughs> and stay away from those guys. Seriously, my word. Okay, well, well hopefully uh, some of these quarterbacks are guys that you don't have because we're mostly talking about guys who are right on that uh, QB one, two borderline for the both of you. I, I can we, are we allowed to talk about quarterbacks without talking about Daniel Jones first? I think we're contractually obligated to talk about Daniel Jones first. So that's where we're going to go. Uh, you guys are <laughs> about the same on him. Uh, Jake at 13, Brandon at 12. Again, uh, this is a game we've talked about quite a bit. Giants hosting Washington. Uh, Brandon, we'll go to you here. Uh, Daniel Jones, uh, you feel pretty good about him going into his second career start. Yeah, it, this is a lot more about matchup than it is about Daniel Jones doing like, you know, rarefied air things as a as a first time starter last week. Uh, but I will say, you know, the mobility thing was real. That was something he did at Duke and uh, he is good in the short and intermediate range. And, uh, you know, he's got guys in Evan Ingram and and Sterling Shepard and Wayne Gallman that those are that's the wheelhouse of the offense right now. But. This is a defense in Washington that made Mitch Trubisky look good. I mean, they've given up a 79% completion percentage to the three quarterbacks they've faced. Each quarterback they face has thrown for three touchdowns. So this is this is like 75% matchup and 25%. Oh, I'm excited about what Daniel Jones did last week. That's even less than that for me. This is like 90% matchup and 10% excitement of what Daniel Jones did. I actually am annoyed at the the media, the sports media world. That's like, and I'm talking about like the TV shows and all that type of stuff that are immediately second guessing themselves. They're like, oh, we were wrong on Daniel Jones. And no, oh, everybody, the entire industry missed on Daniel Jones. And, you know, Dave Gettleman knew and he got his guy. And this is why he got his guy. Like, hey. It was one game against the freaking Buccaneers pass defense. Like, 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 can we chill out for a second and understand that if you watch the game too, he did have an interception that got dropped. He had a couple throws that were incomplete that were his fault. There were some poor decisions being made. I'm not saying he didn't have a good debut and better than what you would want for most rookies that weren't even named Daniel Jones. That was a really good debut for a rookie. He still had some mistakes. It still was a cake matchup. He's got even a better matchup this week, as Brandon just pointed out. And I say, like, just because if it wasn't for the fact that he was facing the Redskins, I would have him much lower. And that's really all it has to do with it. And the fact is behind it, there's a lot of better quarterbacks that have bad matchups this week. And that's the problem, too, is it's just not Daniel Jones's matchup. It's everybody else's matchups on top of it. Like, you really feel good about the situation with Tom Brady and Josh Allen facing each other. Like, there's just so many you can look at where I kind of put him there. I don't feel good about it, but it kind of feels like where he needs to be. Yeah, a couple of uh, just to, to throw out a few names that uh, you guys both, I believe, have behind um, Daniel Jones, Carson Wentz on Thursday night uh, against the Packers. You mentioned, Jake, you've got Tom Brady uh, behind him in a game uh, where the, the the Patriots, excuse me, are going to Buffalo. So definitely some uh, some tough matchups uh, across the spectrum uh, for quarterbacks this week. Uh, interesting one uh, that we have is the uh, Buccaneers going to L.A. to take on the Rams. Jameis Winston uh, got on track, took advantage of that great uh, uh, Giants matchup last week, threw for 380 yards, more than 10 yards per attempt, and three touchdowns, all of them going 
going to Mike Evans. Hello, Mike Evans. That was a lovely game. Uh, you guys are a little different here, though. Jake at QB 10 for Winston. Brandon at QB 16. Uh, Jake, make the case for Winston as a top 10 quarterback this week. Uh, it's just what we kind of hoped and wanted to see so far when it came down to the fact that Jameis Winston under Bruce Arians was supposed to be better. Jameis Winston. Now, it helped, obviously, facing the Giants, as anything will do. And that's part of the reason we were talking about Paul Richardson and oh, liking a lot of the Redskins. It's not a great matchup. The Rams do have a good secondary. But this is a game that should push the score. And if last week did get him on track, you know, Mike Evans had got on track. Certainly Mike Evans can overcome any matchup. I don't care who he's facing. And just the first two weeks were more Jameis Winston fault than his. I would have no problem with J- Mike Evans versus Jalen Ramsey. That's one of those ones where you still start Mike Evans because he's Mike Evans. Now, this ranking is going to go down if Chris Godwin's out. I will. If Chris Godwin doesn't play, I I don't know if James Winston's even a QB one. He's not. I'll just say that he's not a QB one because now all you can do is just roll coverage over top of Mike Mike Evans all day. And if Bruce Arians is going to insist on an OJ Howard still being used to block half the time, well, it's going to be Mike Evans' show. And then, like I said, you just roll the coverage. So if Chris Godwin's out there, I feel fine about it. And that's what it really comes down to: is he's still the guy that threw three hundred and three touchdowns many times last year, even with his flaws. Yeah, no respect for Brashad Perryman there, Jake. I'm disappointed in you. <laughs> <laughs> or Justin Wilson. Yeah, or Watson. Exactly. Justin Watson. Um, I'm I'm I I'm a matchup guy with Winston right now. I have no faith in him going on the road against a good defense. I could I just, you know, I'm seeing visions of Aaron Donald, you know, messing with Jameis Winston's head. And it, as you mentioned, the talented secondary with Marcus Peters and Akib Talib and Corey Little. I just, there's, it's a good defense. Jameis is on the road. The one, you know, the one bright spot that we're pointing to is the New York Giants game. And, you know, no one's had a bad game against the New York Giants. So I'm just not all the way there. I am, I'm technically ranking him in the upper half of quarterbacks this week. But at the very back end, because I just don't have faith in Jameis Winston yet. I don't have faith that this marriage with Bruce Arians uh, is over all the potential, you know, the little speed bumps along the way. I see uh, some of those happening this Sunday. So uh, I think he'll be okay. I just don't think he'll be great. Yeah, to Brandon's point, uh, they've allowed the, the they being the Rams have allowed the second fewest uh, fantasy points to quarterbacks this season. They played Cam Newton in Week One, uh, Drew Brees for about a quarter in Week Two, uh, and then Teddy Bridgewater and then Baker Mayfield in Week Three. So a uh, couple of guy, an injured guy in Week One, a guy who's been disappointing us all season in Week Three. Drew Brees went out in Week Two, so we'll see how that ends up working out for Jameis Winston. Uh, you know, I had Baker Mayfield last of the four guys I wanted to talk about, but since I just mentioned him, we'll throw him up here. Uh, you guys both have him at QB 19 obviously this is not how things were supposed to go uh in Cleveland uh this season uh, been one of the more disappointing offenses in the league thus far and Baker Mayfield one of the more disappointing players in the league thus far this season uh Brandon we'll start with you do you just need to see him prove it to you before you're going to trust him as a starter yeah, there's obviously a good defense. You're on the road against the Ravens. Uh, the offensive line protection has been terrible. And I, I got to assume because Baker Mayfield, you know, lauded for his accuracy, his ability to kind of uh, read, read the defense and throw with anticipation. And we saw that a fair amount last year. I haven't seen it at all this year. I've watched him a pretty good amount. Uh, his, his accuracy, just kind of his comfortability in the pocket, which, you know, let's be honest it hasn't been a whole lot of time for him to get comfortable in the pocket but he just looks out of sorts right now i think it's 
uh, you know, I think the offensive line protections a lot to blame, but there's, there's also a lot of new parts here with Odell Beckham in the mix. And uh, I just, I, I do to your question need to see him prove it. Cause so far he looks, he's looked terrible. He's just looked, he's looked bad. That's really all there is to it. I think the biggest thing is I'm putting a lot of weight into the offensive line because the offensive line has ruined players, quarterbacks, running backs, everybody you can go up and down the line. I mean, look at the Arizona Cardinals last year. I think the trade away for Odell Beckham was maybe, you know, it, it's still Odell Beckham and you still don't pass up a chance to get Odell Beckham. But at the same time, the offensive line was okay and you just took away one of your better pieces and now it's even worse than it was what we assumed it was going to be and to your point with no time with the decision of like the the numbers between when he gets it out quick and when he doesn't are stark and i think that's just because if he doesn't get it out quick you just mentioned it brandon he's under immediate pressure so that's a long-term concern and if you look at the next seven games I mean, I don't know that he, I, I could probably say as of today, he's not getting in the QB one discussion unless he shows it. And I don't know that he's going to be able to in the next seven games. Yeah. Brutal's upcoming schedule for the Cleveland Browns and Baker Mayfield QB 23 on the season in standard scoring leagues, uh, standard meaning four point touchdowns for quarterbacks uh, behind Gardner Minshew, Derek Carr, Marcus Mariota, among others. That's definitely not the, the, the crew we expected him to be rubbing elbows with going into week four. One more quarterback I want to discuss here. Uh, we talked about that. Uh, we've referenced the matchup for the Patriots in Buffalo. Tom Brady uh, dealing with that uh, tough Buffalo defense on the road. The Patriots are seven-point favorites. They've got an implied team total of 24 and one-half points. Jake, you've got him at QB 15, Brandon at QB 11. So both you guys are you know, relatively confident, especially uh, considering the matchup. Are there any concerns that Brady uh, comes in, though, uh, beneath expectations? Brandon, we'll go to you first here. Yeah, I mean, he's, he doesn't have a great history against Buffalo, but, uh, you know, Jake mentioned this earlier. There's not a lot of great quarterback matchups here. So I I think, as I mentioned before, you know, a lot of times the Patriots will lean on that short passing game as, as a, you know, a version of their running game or an extension of that. I can see that happening. Uh, I don't think this is a huge upside game for Brady, but I feel good about him throwing a decent amount. And, I just like the way Tom Brady's been looking, man. He seems like he's in a zone right now. Uh, I think we've probably said that about him before, and he's gone to Buffalo, and you know things have changed. But uh, I just this is again not a lot of great matchups that I love. I would feel better about Tom Brady, the back end QB one, than a lot of the guys uh, you know that are left behind that I have ranked behind him. Yeah, actually, I'm looking at this, and I think if you watch so far and, and you see the column, and I'm not I'm pimping it out, but whatever, I don't care. The <laughs> column that comes out tomorrow, on depending on when you're listening to it, hell, let's just say this, midnight Wednesday, so you guys, whatever time you're listening to this, might already be out, might not be out. It's the APA, Adjusted Points Allowed, and the Buffalo Bills are actually worse against the run than they are against the pass. So I'm actually going the other way than what Brandon just said. I think this might be a run-heavy game, and that's kind of go backs to why I'm a little bit higher on Sonny Michelle is I don't I don't necessarily see a reason because the only person who has a really decent match or not even really but just decent matchup is Julian Edelman who's not 100. percent So I think this actually might be a, run, a more run focused game. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll see what the news is on Edelman. Brady obviously has been excellent this season, but uh, could be a game where uh, the run game ends up taking over for New England. Uh, guys, we'll get through this last one really quick here. Uh, someone to take a chance on. I know, Brandon, you've gone first a couple of times in a row, but I've screwed you. 
on this and Jake's been stealing your guys. Yeah. You've been trying to steal Jake's guys and then you haven't been able to. So you go first on this one, a, qu- a quarterback that you're willing to take a chance on in week four. Well, how about Matt Stafford? Uh, got Marvin Jones rolling, got Kenny Galladay in the mix. You got a game that you know is going to push the push the pace. So I think Stafford's a guy that you know has been available for the first few weeks uh, of the season in a lot of leagues, and I'm sure he's not just in mass started yet. But I think again, considering all the rough matchups for quarterbacks, this is a good week to go out and get Matt Stafford. Yes, that's, that's not that's that's a good one. I say man because I just I don't really have much else, and I don't want to say the name, but I I think it's just Daniel Jones who we already talked about. Might as well. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's the risk. It's, you might as well just take the chance. Yeah. Yeah, definitely uh, another nice matchup after the one he had last week with the Buccaneers. Gets uh, two cushy matchups to begin his career as the starter for the New York Giants. No injuries at the quarterback position uh, that are muddying the water, so we can move right on to our last position, tight ends. Brandon, uh, you can take your uh, Will Disley victory lap. Just don't make it too long. You've got him uh, tight end six. Jake, you're down at tight end 13 with the Seahawks in Arizona against the Cardinals. Nick Vanette traded to Pittsburgh. Uh, this is Will Disley's show, huh, Brandon? Yeah, it kind of is. I mean, they brought in Luke Wilson, but they're not going to plug him in right away and, uh, you know, give him a ton of reps in this game. But this is, you know, and this is going to be overblown. Everybody's going to, you know, everybody's going to look at this Cardinals and what, what Titans have done against the Cardinals. And it's ridiculous. I mean, they're giving up 10 more points than, than the next highest team in terms of uh, fantasy points to the tight end position. Uh, you got a team like green Bay. Packers, that? Give up it, well, in half PPR, it's, uh, it's 32.8. I got, I got 25.4, but anyways, uh, <laughs> it's terrible. It's terrible. <laughs> Titans are eating against Arizona and they're getting very full against Arizona. And hey, right if you're now pull for my article, at least get the number right. <laughs> just I, I, I'm pulling from fantasy football today. So, uh, that's what anyways. I was on. <laughs> I've got the same, I've got the same number as Jake. 76.3 uh-huh. half PPR allowed by Arizona. Tampa's got the second most at 44.5. No, it's it's, it's per game. It's 25.4 per game. 76 point whatever you just said. Oh, is, so we're, we're all saying the same thing. Jake and I oh, are then you're right. Total, the, and you're saying point yeah. per game. Oh, yeah. So you're, then you're right with the 10. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> It's awful. This is a matchup thing. I don't know how you can put him at tight end 13, Jake. Like That's that's the bigger thing. I think I'm going to be more of like in line with what the consensus is going to be. You're you're a big time outlier. Why, why are you holding back on Will Disley? Uh, mostly because the rankings came out, you know, right before and I adjusted for Nick Vanette, but I didn't adjust the projections yet because the projections haven't been updated yet for the trade. The, the, the snap count was still out there. I'm not when you have a snap count that still isn't like 50 percent plus. It's just I'm not going to get too excited despite the usage, and that's the biggest problem. Is that it's it's projection volume, and like that's what it comes down to. And Tyler Lockett has been dominating, and you still look on top of that. And this is an opportunity for DK Metcalf and the run game. There's another one where I don't think you need to pass that much, but again, he's going to move up because Nick Vanette's not even going to have. And as you mentioned, Luke Wilson's not going to even get Nick Vanette's shares from last week, so he'll move up. But I don't I don't think it'll still be necessarily as high as yours. It'll be interesting. You know, I keep going, I keep going Brandon first and that's not been by design, but I have to go Brandon first on this next one because Brandon, you've got Noah Fant as tight end 12 
this week. Noah Fant, uh, you know, a guy that we were excited about uh, maybe long-term, maybe a little bit coming into this season for this season. Hasn't done much yet, the rookie out of Iowa. Nine grabs on 11 targets for 99 yards. He's played 70% of Denver snaps. Denver hosts Jacksonville as three-point favorites this week. Uh, why do you have him uh, so high at tight end 12? Because uh, football is not always logical, and sometimes you got to play a hunch. And I like the way things are trending for Noah Fan. He's getting a decent snap share, uh, actually really good, and he has given you something each week. I mean, three for 33 as an average isn't great, but for a tight end, it's not terrible. And this, we know this guy has, uh, you know, elite kind of athleticism for the position. And I just like the way things are trending with him. I like that he, you know, each passing week is, you know, he's just going to get more and more comfortable. Flacco is going to get more and more comfortable throwing to him. I think this is one of those weeks against Jackson, Jacksonville, where you're going to actually see them use the tight end a little bit more than we have so far. So I'm rolling the dice. The numbers aren't going to completely support me, but I think uh, this is the week that we see Noah Fant do do the best that he's done in the NFL to this point. I think it nets out as a back end tight end one. Mm, all right. <laughs> I mean, he's he well, said so it's a hunch. I mean, so what am I? Here's my yeah. point. Like, you look at the profile of Fant and TJ Hawkinson, and Hawkinson had the huge week one, and he's got like one catch each of the next two weeks. And you look at these projections and, and people's rankings, the consensus rankings, and they they still want to put TJ Hawkinson as as a tight end twelve, and. To me, oh, I look at Noah Fant and say, you know what? Noah Fant's a way better bet than TJ Hawkinson is. See, that's I, I don't agree on that one only because TJ Hawkinson, I'm, now I'm at 14, so I'm still lower than consensus. So I've still been getting pushback on Hawkinson as well. So I'm with you, but I'm also not with you. I'm <laughs> like, I'm kind of going both sides against you for the argument. So I'll make both arguments. So the Hawkinson thing is on the one side, he is too high in most people's opinions because, as you mentioned, he only did anything week one. He's still a rookie, and he still sees close to 50% of it. It's like O.J. Howard. He's blocking half the time. And on top of that, most of his routes are in the flat. The upside is the routes even in the flat. He's getting red zone targets. He had a touchdown that almost came down yesterday, including another red zone target on top of it. And he's facing the Chiefs where you're assuming he's going to get red zone targets. So that's really what it comes down to. All right, guys, we've got to be quick on this last guy. Vernon Davis, uh, tight end nine for Jake, tight end 11 for Brandon. Jake, are we thinking with 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 uh, Jordan Reed uh, essentially hanging him up, is Vernon Davis in this tight end one discussion for the rest of the season? He's, he's fringy. Uh, he's not going to okay. be in the tight end one conversation. He'll be in the tight end one conversation as in a tight end one when he's got a good matchup. When he doesn't, he'll probably be high end tight end too. And he'll always be kind of balancing around that range. That's just the truth. We've seen it before is that Vernon Davis is out. I mean, uh, Jordan Reed's out. Vernon Davis just kind of plug him in in that conversation. Yeah. And, I, you know, to Jake's point, when the matchup's right, and we both have him as a tight end one this week because the Giants are, are a right matchup for Vernon Davis. So there you go. Yeah, nice matchup, as we've talked about many times. Nice matchup on both sides of this one. Uh, I'll throw the injuries out there. We got Jimmy Graham dealing with a groin and a quad injury. That's the Thursday night game. As a reminder, Vance McDonald, a shoulder injury. That's a Monday night game, so you likely don't want to wait on that. If you were counting on Vance McDonald, uh, first of all, I guess sort of why. Secondly, uh, maybe look in a different direction. And, hey, here's a different direction you could go. Uh, a couple of guys uh, who you're willing to take a shot on. Uh, Brandon, we'll go to you first. 
I'll, I'll get, make this quick because I already said it. Noah Fant. I, I'm I'm taking as big a shot as anybody on him. So if you want to follow my lead uh, and roll those dice, I think it's a good one for him this week. I just I, well, Will Disley was in my. Well, we already talked about him. Uh, I guess look, he's done nothing so far, and when he's done nothing so far, and this is why you should never own him. I talk about it every year. I don't know why people want to draft him because this is the week. When everybody's dropped them, everybody's put them on the bench and nobody wants them. That's the week when Jared Cook finally. <laughs> it is, that is the Jared Cook MO, isn't it? It's been that it's been for like the last decade. That's why he's the worst. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Well, it's uh it's uh, but they've got uh, Dallas on Sunday night, so we'll uh, we'll see. You'll have to wait for it, but uh, could be uh, could be uh, worth the wait if you're looking for some help at the tight end position. We hope uh, this show was worth the wait uh, coming up for you on Wednesday afternoon. That's going to do it for the week four edition of the ranking show here at The Athletic. Uh, just to remind you of all the housekeeping we did right off the top, you can follow Jake at All In Kid on Twitter. You can follow Brandon at Brandon Funston. You can get me at M. Beller. 40% off an annual subscription uh, to The Athletic if you go to theathletic.com slash the ranking show. That gives you everything that we do at The Athletic, including the subscribers-only update to this show on Friday with me and Derek Van Riper. And once again, we can't say it enough, mostly because he forces us to the number one rankings in the industry right now. You can get Jake's <laughs> rankings with that subscription. So, Jake, I mean, take a take a virtual bow because you're killing it so far, my friend. Uh, I, was, I was trying to be modest. Don't make me sound like a dick. <laughs> <laughs> you want to say that on the air? <laughs> uh, yeah i think so i think we can <laughs> all right well jake is a modest guy and a nice guy and he's also killing it in the ranking so just uh, well now that going. that's not true <laughs> <laughs> i'm the one who's building you up i'm the one who's doing it. you are you are the picture of modesty my friend <laughs> well, I, would, I wouldn't go that far <laughs> exactly <laughs> all right we hope uh, you guys had as much fun listening as we did uh, recording this and doing it uh, all for you uh, again uh, check out the, uh, the the update to this show on friday with me and Derek van riper where we will circle back to a lot of the guys uh, who we discussed as being injured uh, and see what their practice uh, situation has been. We'll give you a few more names uh, to consider as well going into the weekend. Until then, enjoy the next couple of days. Get your lineups right. Come back on Friday. Thanks again for listening. This has been The Ranking Show here at The Athletic. <laughs>